Okay, so good afternoon friends and a very warm welcome to those of you who are here and a very warm welcome to those of you who are listening in to this broadcast on the, um, on, on the web. Um, this is a Libra full moon meditation meeting being held in the New York Lucis Trust. The moon's going to be full at um, seven minutes past five later on the, here in New York, just a little over two hours from now. Um, so the energetic alignment linking humanity, hierarchy, and Shambhala is already in its peak phase. In a way, if we think of a five-day cycle, the whole of that um, middle day is a really precious day, and we can think of as the time of the full moon. Because the full moon is going to be so close to the time that this meeting will finish in about an hour at about four, if any of you want to stay behind just so that you can be in silence at the actual time of the full moon, there will be some people here. Um, it's a day of safeguarding, so if you can just sort of keep quiet, keep still, keep focused, and then have a silent meditation during covering that time of the full moon, you're very welcome to stay here if you wish to. So the Tibetans referred to the day of the full moon as the day of safeguarding. And it's interesting to ponder this idea of safeguarding. It's an interesting word. It suggests protection, guarding, and shielding. It's actually used in the law. It's a, it's a legal term, and certainly in the UK, I don't know about elsewhere. Um, and it's a way of referring to the safeguarding of children and of people who can't guard themselves and protect themselves, the responsibility that the state um, has to ensure that their rights are protected. There's a lot of energy flowing during the full moon, and one of the primary safeguards necessary is for each of us to take steps to protect and conserve our ability to handle this abundant energy flow. On this one day in the month, we're advised that there's a special solemn duty to protect and guard our meditative alignment throughout the day. It's not an easy task, as I suspect many of us know, and know only too well, to hold this attitude of safeguarding for an entire day. But it's something we can always be working towards. The challenge is to train ourselves by experimenting with what works, so that over time we can find our own authentic way of protecting our inner focus from the intrusive noises of the busy mind or the agitated emotions or the concerns of the daily life in the three worlds. And it's certainly a whole lot easier to say this, or even to write it down on a computer, than it is to put it into practice. But that's what the work is all about. And in a, in a way, it's this relationship between the ideas and the will involved to put it into practice, and the love required of the instrument that's seeking to put it into practice, that is the essence of the redemptive work. And having said this, the effort to maintain a day of safeguarding is a vital and essential part of the service that the esoteric group plays during the full moon period. Hopefully, this is something we're growing as a, as a group, as a planetary group. And hopefully, we're better at this task as a group now than earlier generations were. Hopefully, this is true. We can visualize, maybe it is true, but I'm not so sure. For one day a month, 
the teacher has asked us to forget the three worlds and to take refuge in that part of our mind that is referred to in the teachings as the son of mind. This is that aspect of our mental vehicle that naturally thinks from the perspective of the soul. In Christian terms, it's the mind that is in Christ. Or in slightly more Buddhist language, it's the loving mind. And it's not just that the teacher has asked us to do this. What's far more important is that humanity needs a group of people to do this, especially on the day of the full moon. It's like a dharma and a responsibility given to students of this teaching. Humanity's passage into the new era depends upon a group of people undertaking this experiment to practice a day of safeguarding on the full moon day. And what matters, I guess, is less the measure of success in our ability to fully adhere to this practice as it is to set the intention strongly to join with others subjectively in observing a day of safeguarding, to remind ourselves about this and to gently support others who are also seeking to do this work. Beyond the call to safeguard one's own inner alignment, the practice of safeguarding suggests moving the focus away from oneself into an identification with a group of esoteric workers that invokes, receives, and radiates the energies involved. In other words, actively safeguarding the group alignment. The first stage in the med meditation outline that we use at these Lucis Trust meetings emphasizes this. It's a stage of group fusion, shifting identity from self to group and to a global group of consciousness. All the stages, the subsequent stages in the meditation outline follow on from this first stage so that the entire meditation becomes a group meditation. The monthly rhythm of the full moon is the rhythm of higher incoming energies flowing rhythmically and steadily into the collective psyche of humanity so that the plan moves forward and the new group of world servers are appropriately nourished and sustained. Safeguarding during the day of peak flow of these energies suggests the need for each meditator to take care to protect and guard against overstimulation. Overstimulation as it might manifest in ourselves or in our co-workers, but more significantly, as it might impact the multitude of human beings who at any time are experiencing heightened levels of stress, fatigue and confusion. Hundreds of thousands, millions of people in this time of transition. To safeguard in this sense is a group activity, holding fast to that sense of tension that is embodied by the spirit of peace, for example. Holding fast to a group sense of esoteric balance, poise and equanimity. This is the safeguarding that the esoteric group needs to undertake on behalf of humanity. And it's a practice of will just as much as it's a practice of love. To ponder safeguarding is to ponder selflessness and self-forgetfulness. 
For we can as a group only truly practice safeguarding when we've learnt to sit lightly in the saddle, to put aside any concerns about our own or the group's apparent unworthiness or inadequacy, and to rest in the protective aura of the ashram, thinking in archetypes and working with mythical images and stories. For example, we might usefully consider what's happening to humanity during these peak times when the hierarchy approaches. At the full moon, the hierarchy approaches the one humanity, the key mediating kingdom in the whole earth system. It makes this approach with the goal of enlivening the love and goodwill that through decades and centuries is becoming anchored and rooted in the substance of human relationships and the substance of human beings. But just as the full moon is a time when a hierarchy approaches humanity, it's also a time when humanity, when we human beings, have an unusual opportunity to approach this higher kingdom, to approach hierarchy. For a door between the kingdoms is figuratively open so that those who are equipped and the group that is equipped and ready can make its approach. This day represents a precious time in the cycle of interactions between the kingdoms of Earth. After all, the full moon has significant impacts on plants and animals and on the elements, particularly of water, just as it has an impact on human beings. And increasingly we are beginning as a species to think about the other kingdoms of nature and about our responsibilities towards these kingdoms our duty of care and our relationship with these kingdoms as part of the one life of the earth, earth community. Of course, our meditative focus during the full moon is not on the influence of the moon itself, but on the way in which the phases of the moon reflect degrees of alignment between the earth and the sun. So safeguarding is necessary so that the vulnerable and the unprepared are appropriately protected from excessive sunlight, which esoterically and symbolically means excessive and too early exposure to subtle, subtle hidden elements of solar fire and electric fire, those aspects of fire that Teo de Chardin referred to in his famous statement, that someday after mastering the winds, the waves, the tides and gravity, we shall harness for God the energies of love, and then he, he wrote, for a second time in the history of the world, man will have discovered fire. It's worth reminding ourselves that safeguarding in general is a duty of care which the group of trained esotericists from all different spiritual traditions is equipped to fulfill. And insofar as this concerns the full moon work, Decades and generations of experience, as well as the guidance of wise teachings, has given the community of students of the Alice Bailey books a special and unique task. No other group has this particular task, as far as I know. But still, safeguarding is a duty of care that we should never take for granted or never treat lightly. For the day of the full moon is called the Day of Safeguarding for a reason. 
So can we just pause for a moment to ponder our own understanding of what it might mean to observe a day of safeguarding between the, the two days leading up to the full moon and the two days after the full moon. And then, standing with humanity, sound together the mantram of unification. Using the slightly adapted word which is on the card on your seats, referring to the souls of all in place of the sons of men and to and right at the end to let all people love in place of let all men love. So let's pause and just really hold in the tension of the Libran alignment, safeguarding, protecting, preserving. The souls of all are one, and I am one with them. I seek to love, not hate. I seek to serve and not exact due service. I seek to heal, not hurt. Let pain bring due reward of light and love. Let the soul control the outer form and life and all events, and bring to light the love that underlies the happenings of the time. Let vision come and insight. Let the future stand revealed. Let inner union demonstrate and outer cleavages be gone. Let love prevail. Let all people Today's full moon sees the energies pouring into humanity conditioned by the sign Libra. Libran energy is all about law, natural law, in other words, the law that operates at the level of soul, law and the judicial mind. It plays a central role in the long-term process of humanity learning to build right relations, and establish order and balance in the relationship between pairs of opposites. So much of the consciousness of human beings, of our consciousness, and the significance of this time in human affairs concerns balancing an equilibrium and the role that choice plays in this. And clearly, it's important for the esoteric group to pay attention to the ways in which these incoming Libran energies can assist in the transition into Aquarius. The plan for human development as exists in the mind of God and as it concerns the transition into the new era can be understood in its simplest terms as a plan for the development and maturing and redemption of relationships at all levels. This can seem so basic and self-evident, almost like a truism. And the more we do this, the more we miss its significance. After all, we know that it's a plan for right relations. 
that we can so easily miss how all-embracing this is and how it is as challenging for spiritually engaged people, no matter where they are on the path, as it is for those who are yet to take their first steps onto the probationary path. In preparation for the festival week in December, World Goodwill has recently introduced a monthly webinar on the last Wednesday of the month. It aims to draw attention to the Goodwill Meditation Group. This is a group that's been working um, with a specific meditation outline about right relations and goodwill for several decades, really shining a light on bringing energies of goodwill into all areas of relationship. And every Wednesday, anyone who wants, to, who wants to is invited to join the group initiative by working with this particular outline. And then at least during the build-up to the festival week, those who wish are invited to participate in a webinar on the last Wednesday of the month. Although, of course, as with all this work, it's actually the work itself, it's the meditation. That is really what this is about. The work of building right relations challenges those on the spiritual path to work on the quality of relationships between all the different elements of the self. Notably, of course, we can simplify this by speaking of soul and personality, but also of a more immediate and practical concern for esotericists. This concerns the relations between the three levels of mind. But that's not in any way isolated from all the other areas in which relationships need to be transformed as humanity moves into Aquarius. For the old separation between inner and outer, vertical and horizontal, is upended in the focus of right relationships. It becomes completely irrelevant. All of us involved in treading the path towards right relations have at some stage or other to pay attention to our relations with our fellow human beings including the intimate relationships with family and friends, with professional colleagues in the workplace, with fellow students. But that's only one small aspect of our human relationships that need conscious transformation. The focus extends to our relationships with the collective being of where we live, our communities, our towns and cities and the environment, the whole environment of that small locality with the governance in all its many forms, with local movements building goodwill, and in a wider circle, every one of us has a relationship with our nation, with a world of nations, and with the one humanity. At every level, as we begin to align with the future possibilities brought by incoming seventh-ray Aquarian energies, and with the opportunities to enter into a new era in human affairs, we have work to do to bring a conscious spirit of goodwill and a sense of unity into all these levels of relationship, which really means just to pay attention, to observe, to notice, and to be proactive in movement. Beyond this is an ever-expanding and ever-inclusive arch of vertical relationships to be grown into and to be cared for as a gardener cares for the soil and the plants and the colors and the produce in their garden. As esotericists, we're expected to apply this level of care that the gardener applies to our relations with the great principles of goodness, beauty, and truth, and to our relationships with the rishis, saints, ancestors, and masters on the inner side of life, a hierarchy of great ones with the ashramic purpose that resonates in our soul, and so on. 
For initiation into the next phase and the transition into Aquarius confronts every human being at some level or other with the next step in the path towards right relations. And the only thing that matters is this next step. No one is immune from this encounter with the future that reaches into all of our lives. There's a Libran balancing energy at work during this transitional age we're in. And this means that we're being prepared for a time of choice, shaken up and challenged to our depths. One of the clearest ways in which we see these balancing energies playing themselves out is in the gradual transformation of human relationships through the fields of law, money, and sex. Another dimension where we see this quest for balance and for the space in which choice can be made is in the quiet, growing trend towards an interest in the role of contemplation and the intuition in the spiritual life. Some prominent signs of this Libran opening in the global spiritual community are the rise of interest in the contemplative dimension of the Christian tradition. Take the Centering Prayer Movement, for example, as it's featured in the international interdenominational movement Contemplative Outreach that draws its inspiration from the late Father Thomas Keating. This movement is defined on the website contemplativeoutreach.org as a community of individuals and small prayer groups committed to living the contemplative dimension of the gospel in everyday life. A commitment to the daily practice of centering prayer is the primary expression of belonging. Contemplative prayer is described as a method of silent prayer in which we experience God's presence within us, closer than breathing, closer than thinking, closer than consciousness itself. The breadth of the movement is impressive, with over 800 prayer groups in 39 countries serving over 40,000 people. Another example of the Libran influence and in approaches to meditation and prayer across different faiths and spiritualities is the US-based Center for Contemplative Mind and Society, which encourages the use of contemplative, introspective practices and perspectives in higher education with the goal of creating active learning and research environments that look deeply into experience and meaning for all in service of a more just and compassionate society. An academic journal of contemplative inquiry is published and an annual conference is held. Past conference themes have included imagining humane institutions, connection, social action, and scholarship rooted in contemplative practices and in another year contemplative approaches in the diverse academic community inquiry connection creativity and insight inquiry it's inquiry isn't it here these days even the field of new economics philanthropy and the use of money and service has networks centered on contemplative and intuitive practices See, for example, the web reference to a private ongoing annual collaborative inquiry on intuition and money at Lifebridge Sanctuary in the Hudson Valley, New York, or the video of John Bloom's address at a Wogable seminar on intuition, money, and service. John Bloom is the vice president of RSF Social Finance, drawing on the inspiration of Rudolf Steiner's teachings 
He's also president of the Anthroposophical Society in America. One approach to Libra emphasizes balance, equanimity, and equilibrium, standing at the center. And another approach is to consider the, <coughs> excuse me, the active process of balancing and moving into equilibrium. For balance is an achieved state. It's a result. It suggests poise and right tension. The act of balancing can sometimes appear to be almost the direct opposite, swinging widely on the, wildly on the scales, propelled in one direction and then another. It can involve indecision, uncertainty, procrastination, and the forthright dynamic of struggling to find some measure of harmony in the midst of conflict. For many who share in these form in meditations, the balancing work of Libra focuses on the intent to identify oneself as the soul and to act on the impulses sensed to be coming from the soul, while habits, forces, and impulses seemingly drilled down to the DNA of the personality pull in another, in another direction. Which way to choose? And the keynote for the disciples and the key teaching of Libra and the opportunity of Libra is this keynote, I choose the way which leads between the two great lines of force. It makes sense that having sensed the reality of the soul, the spiritual path leads us to wholeheartedly follow the soul above the personality. And it makes sense to think of this as if it's like a battle. But Libra teaches us something else. For we're not asked to turn our back on the personality and simply become the soul. The way which leads between relates the two streams, soul and personality, without leaving either one behind and without turning one's back on either aspect of the self. And that's the critical point about Libra. It reminds us of the greater work that is going on as our planetary Lord, Sanat Kumara, faces the great work of redemption, enabling the Earth to become a sacred planet, not for the Earth to cease to exist, but for the Earth to become a sacred planet. And we are part of this great work, and our part is to bring the hidden esoteric core of identity, that place where synthesis is known, into relationship, positive, active relationship with the three worlds of incarnation. Esoteric energies are fine, refined, of beauty. They're carried in ideas and principles and understandings of law. Their potency and power lie in their beauty and in their ability to heal, transform, and redeem heavier forces of competition, separateness, division, and isolation. The middle Libran way uses the judicial mind to lift concrete analysis into a higher plane of thought 
for it becomes possible to consider how beauty and balance and harmony are finding human expression in areas like law, economics, relations between male and female, feminine and masculine, and between different ethnic groups. This approach takes us away from the vision of the battle between two warring forces and leads us into a vision of cooperation where two apparently opposing identities are in relationship. Lieber invites the disciple, the one who seeks to tread the path, to positively and creatively cooperate with the evolutionary process and to observe from a point of detachment the way in which the soul is gradually transforming the personality. This is not a neutral position or a light position. For the disciple in Libra is called to actively notice and care about the redemptive work taking place in the self, in the group, in the nation, and the world. The middle point, the point of balance, recognizes the greater and lesser lights. To choose the way which leads between the two great lines of force is to choose a perspective of observation, loving observation, identifying with the redemptive process itself with a way, rather than with the resistance from below or the pressure from above. At the place in which the above and the below meet, transformation is taking place. This perspective includes a notion of patience and the capacity, as D.K. has famously said, to plod. As an example of the plodding movement in humanity and the slow building of momentum towards a time when choice will be made, it's good to recognize some of the features of the United Nations calendar. The UN has a calendar of observances that are celebrated around the world. So this year, 2019, is being observed around the world as an international year with three themes. It's the International Year of Indigenous Languages. It's the International Year of Moderation. And for those with an interest in chemistry, occult chemistry as well as orthodox chemistry, the UN ob is observing 2019 as the International Year of the Periodic Table. Next year, 2020, take a moment to forget important elections and consider that for the United Nations, 2020 will be observed as the International Year of Plant Health. Think about that from Senate Kumara's perspective, that symbolically humanity has chosen, made this decision to devote a year of interest in the health of plants. And drilling down further in the UN calendar of observances, we might take note that today, the full moon day, is the International Day of Disaster Reduction a really important, a very significant philosophical and active energy and thinking in the United Nations at this time. And of course, particularly on this day when we know in Japan there's been 
a very significant natural disaster. It's part of the terrible crisis and suffering that humanity is going through at this time. And yesterday was the World Migratory Bird Day. Twice a year, every year, UN observes the during the times of the great bird migra migrations, shines its light and attention on migratory birds. Taken as a whole, these themes remind us that behind all of the drama and the heat of daily events, controversies and reported resistance to the growing sense of human unity, there is a persistent, ongoing, plodding, unstoppable effort to organize, plan, and reorient every area of life from a perspective of oneness and almost from a Libran perspective of a middle way, meshing local initiatives to express goodwill with global processes. As we approach this Libra full moon, we do so during an unusual level of collective turmoil, noise, and chatter, amplified by important referendums, elections, and debates around the world. It's a deep concern for many. And today, acknowledging the disturbed heart of humanity, let us work with the image of a lighthouse to shine a light on universal values of goodness, beauty, and truth so that they may be more easily seen and recognized and valued by our peoples, nations, and societies. Each one of us needs to discover for ourselves that these universal energies are real, that they are fundamental elements of who we are, and that by finding them in ourselves, we will be better able to find them in others. This time, these early decades of the 21st century, is a time when humanity as a whole is pondering the way forward and preparing for a time when the sense of being part of one humanity and one living earth will be central to our cultures and our civilization. Saturn is exalted in Libra, and we're told in esoteric astrology that at the point of balance, opportunity comes and a situation is staged which makes a choice and a determination inevitable. It's a choice which has to be made intelligently and on upon the physical plane in the waking brain consciousness. It's only now, the Tibetan writes, that the full purpose and the work of Saturn for humanity can reach a point of group usefulness for it is only now that humanity has reached a point of general and widespread intelligence which can make any choice a definite conscious act entailing responsibility. So we still live in this time, and it is a time of choice drawing on the reasoning, analytical mind of large numbers of people, as well as the intuition of those who have an alignment with the soul. And through these two aspects of mind, may the soul of the nations 
the souls of all nations be evoked and called forth. And may we play our part in this work and may this full moon work that we participate in month after month, year after year, may it play its role with full responsibility and a full awareness of the significance of our small group work. So friends, let's work together with the meditation outline. This is a meditation to let in the light. And we begin with group fusion. We affirm the fact of group fusion and integration within the heart center of the group of world servers, mediating between hierarchy and humanity. Fusion and integration within the heart center of the group of world servers. I am one with my group brothers, and all that I have is theirs. May the love which is in my soul pour forth to them. May the strength which is in me lift and aid them. May the thoughts which my soul creates reach and encourage them. Alignment. We project a line of lighted energy towards the spiritual hierarchy of the planet, the planetary heart. This hierarchy is the great ashram of Sanat Kumara. And we project that line towards the Christ at the heart of hierarchy.
extend the line of light towards Shambhala, the center where the will of God is known. higher interlude. Work with a contemplative mind. Hold it open to the extraplanetary energies streaming into Shambhala, radiated through hierarchy. And endeavor to see the three planetary centers, Shambhala, hierarchy, humanity, gradually coming into alignment and interplay.
irritation. Reflect on the seed thought, the keynote for Libra. I choose the way which leads between the two great lines of thought. I choose the way which leads between the two great lines of thought. Precipitation. 
using the creative imagination, visualize the energies of light, love, and the will to good pouring throughout the planet and becoming anchored on Earth in prepared physical plane centers through which the plan is manifesting. Use the sixfold progression of divine love as the sequence of energy precipitation. See this energy flowing from Shambhala to the hierarchy, the thrice, the group of world servers, the vast wide group of men and women of goodwill in the world, and the multitude of physical centers of distribution. lower interlude. We focus the consciousness as a group within the periphery of the great ashram. And together sound the affirmation. In the center of all love I stand. From that center I, the soul, will outward move. From that center I, the one who serves, will work. May the love of the divine self be shed abroad in my heart, through my group, and throughout the world. Visualize this downpouring spiritual inflow released from Chambala through the hierarchy, streaming into humanity through the prepared channels. And consider how these inpouring energies are establishing the pathway of light for the coming world teacher, the Christ.
distribution as the great invocation is sounded. Visualize the outpouring of light and love and power from the spiritual hierarchy to the five planetary inmates, London, Darjeeling, New York, Geneva, Tokyo, irradiating the consciousness of the whole human race. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into the minds of men. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into the hearts of men. May Christ return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide the little wills of men, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we the race of men. Let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth.
Thank you, friends. The full moon is just a little bit over an hour away at seven minutes past five. So please, wherever you are, hold this day of safeguarding and this time of deep silence of the full moon. Those of you who wish to stay here and wait afterwards because it's such a close time, you're very welcome to wait here quietly and together work in the in silence around the full moon and then just after the full moon we'll say the great invocation. But some will need to leave. Um, we look forward to seeing you again. Those of you who can make it for the new moon meeting, which is... Hmm. Coming up, and when does it say when the new moon meeting is? It? Yes, it does. It is on October the twenty-eighth. Thank you. Um, and then the full moon in Scorpio on November the eleventh at six thirty. So both those meetings um, will also be broadcast. We look forward to either seeing you here with your joyful presence or being together on the internet.